Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia, and with me today is Vicar Tim. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. Well, very good. So we had you on the podcast before, but this is your first time talking about a sermon, so an actual post-sermon podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's exciting. Um, how do you feel the first time preaching here at St. John went? Well, I was pretty nervous beforehand, uh, especially having never really done a full memorization of a sermon, uh, but I think it went really well. Um, I remembered everything I wanted to say, and I got a lot of positive feedback, so it went good. Yeah, I think you did a great job. And I have to ask, did it take you a long time to memorize, or what was that like? It didn't take as long as I thought. Um, I was tried to be pretty conscious of writing the way I speak and uh, just, you know, trying to remember things as I went along. And it, I certainly had a, I'd worked with the sermon enough that I, uh, I had a pretty good idea of everything I was trying to say. So, And I think I had heard this from you before. Like, you've done theater in the past, right? Correct. So maybe that helps with just thinking of memorizing lines when you had to do plays and to kind of use that skill here. Yeah, I actually was thinking that a little bit. I was like, huh, how do I memorize things, like, for plays? I kind of just took it chunk by chunk and then just put it all together. So Very good. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about the sermon then. Tell me a little bit about the text that you preached on. Yeah, so uh, in the one-year lectionary, I had five options that I could have chosen from. <laughs> so A lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the reasons why I kind of ended up going with this one was just because a lot of the other texts were very, very law-heavy and... This one had some gospel in it, so I found it a little bit easier not having to completely bring the gospel in on my own. And what was the text? Uh, the text was Romans 9, verse 30 through 10, verse 4. And can you just briefly summarize what this text was about? Yeah, so uh, Paul is um, writing to the church in Rome made up of Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians, and so he's dealing with uh, the the differences between the two groups and explaining why uh, Israel was not considered righteous because of following the law, because they couldn't keep the law perfectly. The Gentiles had become righteous by their faith, and so all of us now are made righteous by faith. Very good. So then for your sermon, what was your central teaching? Yeah, so my central teaching was that our righteousness comes from Christ alone. And, you know, it's easy to look at the world where the world says, oh, you need to do all these good things. You need to show who you are by your works. But for God, he's not, I mean, he's looking at that, but all he sees are the things we're not doing, all the bad things we're doing. So it's only through our faith in Christ that God looks at us and sees us as righteous, sees us as his own. And you illustrated this point by talking about games right away, right? Yes. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. You mentioned like these rules that we have to abide by when we play a game. And then you applied that to, I guess, the rules or, or God's law in our own life. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, that was something that just kind of came to mind right away. Um, was I've 
I just thought, huh, games with rules, you know, God has his rules. And then it helped that there's the book, this book series, Wheel of Time, that I had read recently that had this game where following the rules meant that you lose. And I thought that might be a pretty good uh, application. And I went back and forth on it a couple times because I wasn't sure how many people might even know about this or if I would be explaining it well enough. But pastor encouraged me to uh, go with it. So I did. And I got plenty of positive feedback on like the games and people said that that helped really help them connect with it. So, yeah. And you mentioned like the two groups of Christians back in Paul's days, right? The Jews and the Gentiles and the Jews were God's chosen people and they were following God's rules. And did they believe that they were following them? Like, or they could follow them perfectly. Yeah, they did. Uh, they they thought that the law had to be kept and that it could be kept. And that's why you get the Pharisees with their very strict, very literal interpretations of the law, which Jesus expands on saying, no, these don't just take it as the literal words. It's these commands, it, they uh, extend to everything. And so while the Pharisees said, for example, in the sermon, though, don't murder means don't kill somebody. And Jesus says, don't murder means you can't even be angry at somebody. Right, because they were more looking on the, looking at their outward actions, right? Yeah. And God looks at the heart. Yeah. So if you're angry, if you hate someone, that you're guilty of disobeying God. Yeah. Um, but then you mentioned how then the second group of Christians, the Gentiles, that they had come in and they were considered righteous but it wasn't by their works. Yeah, uh, they were righteous because they had faith in Jesus. Um, I mean, they, had, they hadn't even known of the law until, you know, Paul or whoever came and uh, converted them to Christianity. So they were, they'd always been considered like the unrighteous to the Jews, but now they were righteous because, not because they started following the law, but because they now had faith. Yeah, and it's interesting in the text, like verse 4, it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And so I guess a good question people like might be thinking is then, what what is the place of the law in our lives? If it's saying this is, if this isn't why we're righteous, then like, do we still need to follow the law? I guess <laughs> might be a question you're thinking. Yeah, well, we still say that the law the law is still there. The law still guides us. The law is essentially, you know, on the one hand, how, you know, we keep society in order so that, you know, we aren't running around killing people and stuff. Uh, but it also guides us by showing us, like, what are good things we can do to help our neighbor to serve others. Um, we, we aren't righteous because of the things that we do, but... We can show who we are by the things that we do for the benefits of other people. So when it comes to that horizontal relationship with one another, the law very much guides us and shows us how to seek God's will. But then that vertical relationship with God, the law has no place, right? It's like what you had said, that Christ is our righteousness. Yeah, absolutely. How did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life? Yeah, so I... I just want to help the hearers know that, like, 
your your righteousness comes from your faith. And in a world where it all where the works matter, the world wants to see all your good things. I mean, even though we talk about this so often in Lutheranism, like there's always that temptation to look at the things you're doing and say, Well, I'm a good person, I do good things, so I'm going to go to heaven. And it's it's just the popular image of Christianity. It's the way so many people think about how heaven or the afterlife works. But it's all about faith in Jesus. That's the thing that matters. And so I just wanted to um, give this faith goal in that we're trusting in our faith. We're not trusting in the things that we do. Yeah, that's interesting. So even though... Um, probably many, not most of us are not like Jewish, you know, we didn't have that same, um, maybe cultural expectation and religion that the Jewish people had at the time. We are still inclined to look to our works, right? Look to. Yeah. That's just kind of the natural human thing to do is to look at the things that we do and we draw our conclusions, make our judgments based off of that. Right, exactly. And I mean, you gave a perfect example when you talked about the speed limit, right? We like to point our finger when we see the crazy driver who's going way too fast. And then we look at um, ourselves and we're going 15 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, it was relevant because I am definitely guilty of maybe not 15 (laughs) over, but definitely 10 over. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. But we we do that all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, um, we're definitely, I guess, hypocrites in that way and it's um yeah just a good reminder um that that's if if we did look at our works if God only looked at our works we wouldn't we'd all be guilty we because like you'd said I think even one point of the law if we don't keep it overshadows like our greatest work right yeah and that's why I want to make that connection with like the game and the rules like it doesn't matter if you keep all the rules of a game but break one rule if you break one rule well you're still cheating and not following the rules so so you can't win the game that way (laughs) yeah yeah and that goes back to your the book you'd mentioned wheel of time right like you're following them perfectly and you just can't win yeah it's just not possible what was the challenge for you with the sermon process the biggest challenge was probably like narrowing down my focus um in some of my early stages of writing it I was like doing like focusing on like the entire text and like going like point by point. And I think that was just leading to the sermon become a little unfocused. I was hitting a few too many things and uh pastor helped me narrow it down onto like one main focus instead of, for example, dealing with um the weirdness of the um Old Testament quote that Paul has in this section. Um it was an interesting thing I to write about, but it wasn't. It was kind of getting off the focus of the sermon itself. Yeah, and I guess um, should you preach on this text again, that could be another focus for you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things in this text that can preach. Uh, <laughs> um, lots of options. So, whenever this comes up again, either one year lectionary, I'm sure it's in the three year lectionary somewhere. Um, yeah, there's plenty of things I could preach about. Very good. So is there anything else about the sermon or just the sermon process in general that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, so one of the, uh, 
weird features of this text that I that I thought about bringing into my sermon, but ended up not, uh, is when Paul quotes Isaiah in verse 33. He says, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the really weird thing that's going on here is that Paul is quoting two separate passages from Isaiah. And while that's already strange, he's like cutting and pasting them together because, um, behold, I am laying in Zion, comes from Isaiah 28, 16. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense comes from Isaiah 8, verse 14. And then whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. That's Isaiah 28, 16 again. He's replaced like the middle of Isaiah 28, 16 with part of 8, verse 14. And I just thought that's a strange thing to do. That's not really something we do when we interpret the Bible. Um, at seminary, Yeah, we're kind of suspicious when people do that, right? Yeah, at seminary, <laughs> I think that would get me in trouble if I yeah. did that for a, for a paper. But, but it's Paul. He has the Holy Spirit. He's allowed to do that. And uh, I just thought it was an interesting um, aspect of the text. But he's trying to make the point that... Uh, God gave us like the law here, but it's the law is supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to guide us, but it became a stumbling block for Israel that they tried to keep the law perfectly. And then, of course, whoever ends up believing in Jesus, they're the ones who are not put to shame. Ah, yeah, that is really interesting. So he's just trying to make his point once again that it's not by the law that we are saved, but yeah. it's that righteousness that's been given to us by faith in Christ. Yeah. Well, very good. That is really interesting. So this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon's in the show notes. And you can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye.